<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sesploitation Conflagration. Here are your two amazing hosts, Nate Bradford and Stephen Ronquillo. Guys, take it away! Yes, it's Sunday. That means it's Steve's video store. Wednesday show is always the conflict. Is well, what it just said. <laughs> and Saturdays are usually me and Fred. So that's just the schedule. Yeah. Last Wednesday I wasn't feeling good, and uh, Nate was in one of those things like in a full metal jacket. I want you to clean the head with a toothbrush and I'll be back <laughs> in the jack rather than every tooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh once uh once every year uh we have to strip and wax all of the restrooms at the federal building where I work and even though I'm the manager and I don't actually have to do any physical work, I do have to do that. I have to stand there and watch three other people strip and wax floors and be like, not good enough. Or nice job, boys. I, uh, basically, third is fuck it. I want to go home. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. We, we did do that. We we did that one night. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. One night I was like, "You guys want to just call it good and go get some pizza and some beers?" And we did, we did. So you know, yeah. But yeah, it it does it, it does suck because not only does it interfere with our podcast, uh, but it also interferes with my stand up comedy. You know, when when someone invites me, hey, can you come do a stand-up show on Wednesday night or Thursday night? And I'm like, no, I can't because my boss is making me watch people wax floors tonight, you know? <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. I mean, I, yeah, me, even... Yeah, me, will be like, yeah, I'll be there. Fuck Steve. I'll tell him some bullshit excuse and he'll take it. <laughs> right? It's like... You mean your leg uh, wasn't yeah. cut off, you son of a... <laughs> yeah and that, that's like the that's like the uh when when you call out sick to work because your grandmother died remember you can only do that twice because most people only have two grandmothers you can't just keep ah oh, man i gotta go to my grandmother's funeral <laughs> if i if oh, i called them out like she got better <laughs> <laughs> if I called you up and I was like, can't do the show tonight, man. My leg got cut off. You'd be like, oh, shit. Then I call yeah. you the next week. I can't do it tonight. My other leg got cut off. You'd be like, oh, shit. And then I'd be like, I uh, can't do it this week either. My leg got cut off. You'd be like, how many legs you got, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. Well, this week was interesting. Candyman came out and it wasn't a reboot. It was an actual sequel. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard I know, I, uh, good things about it. Right? Yeah, I, I uh, at first I thought it was going to be a reboot as well, but yeah, no, it, definitely a sequel. Yeah. Well, that's, how that's, the hell did they keep two of the two two actors who it a secret up until the movie's release? 
Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, Abby and I were talking about that uh, the other day because one of the trailers kind of spoils it for for you, if you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of spoils one of the secret cameos. But oh, you know, only if you're only if you listen to the voice. It doesn't show the face, but if you hear the voice, you automatically know who it is. You know? Yeah. So. <clears throat> so. And but. what I love is that it's an exact sequel and that the black guy who's the star in it, no spoilers because it's in the listing, he is the baby from the first film. Right. Yep. Yeah, that was neat. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it did uh. $26 million this weekend, which is surprising because like I, when I went to see <clears throat> Deep Cover, there were four people there. Yeah, you told me that the other day. Yeah, I was like, man. Five, including me. (laughs) Right? But people are starting to get scared again in uh, Tennessee. I mean, Walmart have uh, now gotten a security guard to stand up front to make sure your dumb ass wears a mask in it. Yeah, up here in Maine, um, up here in Maine, they're... They're doing, um, you can go most places if you show your vaccination card to prove that you're vaccinated, but uh, some places won't let you in unless you have a mask, even if you have your vaccination card. So, um, but of course, a big part of that is people are trying to scream Nazi Germany because, oh, why do I have to show my card? What is this? And just like, for crying out loud, just if you're vaccinated, just show your friggin' card and go somewhere, you know? Like, I, I don't Mexicans see... Mexicans <laughs> are used to it. Show us your green card. <laughs> yeah, right? Show us your green card. <laughs> yeah. I can remember we don't need... out on a bus with my uh, dad, and the guy looked at me, and he's like... And he looked at my name, and he said, where are you born? Where are you born? And I opened my mouth and out come like now, but dang, 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 are now. And the guy jumped back like I would pull the gun on him. He was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir." <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Well, th- this is kind. This is kind of weird. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the the, the Kiss concert, right? Uh, yeah. Up in Bangor. Right. And when we went to the KISS concert, you didn't have to show your vaccination card. You didn't have to wear a mask. It just just wander on into the KISS concert. All you needed was a ticket and they let you in. And uh, two days later, KISS canceled their uh, their next week's concert because Paul Stanley had COVID. So I'm like, all right. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like so a bad, last I've seen a lot of these bad jokes. All, a lot of these mothers who are like, I'm anti-mask on Tuesday. Then you look in the paper on Thursday. Holy yeah. shit, they got the COVID. <laughs> right? I, but no, I'm but... just going to say this. <laughs> if Sonny fucking Chiba himself couldn't beat COVID, and we'll get more of him later. What chance do us normal mortals 
<laughs> but yeah, the the difference the difference between the Kiss concert where where Paul Stanley uh got the covid and uh uh the night before last Abby and I went to see Brandy Carlisle and the venue you had to be able to prove that you were vaccinated before they let you in and they still encouraged people to wear masks but you had to show your vaccination card to get into the venue and lo and behold no one left with covid you know it's like how well, you I, remember how fucking, uh we talked about last week that's how the Knoxville Horror Fest is doing its indoor days uh no card no ticket yeah and 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 all of these people who are trying to make that into a political issue are just ridiculous to me you know it's like i i i don't understand we we don't usually get political on this show but for crying out loud, man, get a vaccine, wear a fucking mask. Like, let's try to not kill any more people. How about that? That would be fun. I want to get a, fun a bunch of high-price hookers and pay them off. And <laughs> if you can actually prove you get a vaccination, you get a hand job. But if you go get a vaccination, <laughs> as soon as you get your shot, I'll get them to give you a blow job. How many vaccinations <laughs> do you think I'll get out of that? <laughs> right. Yeah. See that beautiful woman over there? Yeah. But no man, I'm vaccination. Suck your dick. Yeah. <gasps> right. Shit. Yeah. Let me get it If you get your vaccine, she'll suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> that would work more than people would think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think you're wrong. But yeah, I mean. Uh. But like I said, they're bragging about Candyman doing $26 million. Yeah, that's great in this, this scary-ass era. Yeah, yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like we, we talked a couple weeks ago about, like, the Suicide Squad, uh, I mean, it's a great film, uh, and, and it, it's, re- it's a really fun movie, but uh, it didn't make as much money as they anticipated because they put it out like, okay, pandemic's over. Let's get this movie out. But a lot of people are still gun shy about going out in public, you know? So let's see. Venom has been bumped to next year again. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That came out this week, but yeah. But yeah, the biggest thing they announced this week was the folk horror box set. If I had 170, I would pre-order that bad boy. Yeah, right. We but we were talking about that I'll yesterday. Get, uh, Eyes of Fire, and if you haven't seen Eyes of Fire, you need to get it. It's good. Right. <laughs> That's one of those that we've been waiting. That kills another one on the Holy Grail fence, doesn't it? For a lot of us fans. Wouldn't you say, Nate? And Nate got lost again, or I got lost. Oh, good Lord. He'll be right back. But, yeah, Eyes of Fire has been one of them Holy Grail titles 
for those of us in horror ever since uh, it started. Uh, the DVD era, we was like, come on, yeah, we've been waiting for a DVD of Eyes of Fire. And then all of a sudden, it uh, when the blue was announced, well, the $250 Cadillac set that came with uh, three CDs, a map, uh, a whole set of tarot cards, that one's already gone. And Nate's back. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I, I I lost you, and then I lost me. So, all right. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, well, I didn't get to talk about uh, about uh, folklore. How did you first uh, see uh, Eyes of Fire, Nate? Me, it was oh, on the VHS um, back in the day. Me too. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, VHS. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was, uh, that was one of the ones that, uh, I, for me, uh, I didn't even really know anything about it, but I was probably like, oh, I don't know, 12 years old. And just the artwork on the, the VHS box was enough to get me to be like, yep, I'm going to check this out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, it kind of, I mean, it's more supernatural. Uh, it's more supernatural, but it kind of reminds me of Ravenous in its uh, just in yeah, its overall Ravenous, execution. Uh, well, yeah. and if you like The Witch, you need to see Eyes of Fire because the director of The Witch has come out and said that Eyes of Fire was a really big influence on The Witch. Robert Eggers. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, I, I can see that for sure. I can see that. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, don't uh, it, it? It is kind of a it, it is like a western themed horror film. So if you haven't seen it, don't go into it thinking that you're gonna get a, a Django Unchained or or a, you know. Uh, you know, uh, the unforgiven, unforgiven, or something like that. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of the same era of the witch during the French and Indian Wars. Yeah, right. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, the, those we were talking before about some more like neo noir movies, and uh, th- uh, this what's is... neo noir? Those don't exist. <laughs> Uh, 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 I'm Neo, you're Noir. That's, that's, that's our new, that's our new show. Yeah. <laughs> ne- He's ne- Neo, Neo and, and Noir. I'm Angel, I'm Angel <clears throat> Anderson. Except that I can't do the cool voice. I can't do the cool voice. Yeah. You know, neither can I. But yeah. I, I that can bear- is really the best set. If I had 170, I would get an instant. I mean, they're just. So many good ones on there. If you haven't got a uh, field in England, it's on there. Uh, the Viv, uh, Loki's, uh, Dark Waters, Aussie exploitation, yeah. Euro exploitation, Polish horror film. I mean, if you're adventurous, yeah, that- that's a set the. 
just jump into if you had the cash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you and I talk about uh, a lot of random films on, on this show. And uh, yeah, if you've got the money, that that's a box set that you should definitely invest in because I, I understand, I, I know a lot of times you and I talk about movies that people are just have no idea what we're talking about, you know? Uh, and, and that, and that's not me talking down to our audience. I just know that you and I are just huge film buffs and we dig yeah. into a lot of bizarre movies that other people have never heard of or never watched. And, uh, but that, that, that would be a good box set to start with if you've and got the money to spend. If because, you don't yeah. understand any of the titles, it comes a three hour documentary on folk horror. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw that. Uh, yeah. When I was looking at it, I, I saw the same, uh, the same, I was like, Oh, it has a, I was like, Oh gosh. I was like, uh, Oh, I was like, it has a documentary as well. And, uh, it's from, uh, from Severin, uh, one of our favorite, uh, film sites, one of our favorite sites, uh, Severin. So yeah, if you have $170, uh, go ahead and check it out. Uh, but if, be, you, but if you just want to get fire, it's coming out in a single <clears throat> disc. And Severin yep. don't pull that bullshit that most companies do. Cough, cough, uh, synapse, where they put out the deluxe thing in a set. And if you buy the regular edition, it doesn't have any of the extras. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it uh it is it this is this is going to be an amazing set. Uh I probably won't buy it. I do have $170 that I could waste on, you know, anything I wanted, but I probably won't do it cuz you know, my wife wants me to like feed the kids and stuff, so <laughs> I I guess I got to do that. Well, you never should have bought her that sword. <clears throat> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I never should have I never should have had those kids. <laughs> before 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 right my wife now was he like, has a cat that's looking at him and he mate doesn't know that the cat's looking at him, but the cat's looking at him like you motherfucker, I will get you back for saying that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have I have a wife, a cat, a dog and two kids and I'm a friggin' stand-up comedian. I mean, come on, man. I I my doctor tells me that I'm probably going to live for another 50 years and I'm like, "No, please. Can you can can we cut it down? Can, can, yeah. How about two more years? How about yeah. how, how about just two more years?" Okay, now for the second and semi-main event. When I first started writing before I met Nate, I wrote, like, my top 20 favorite sleaziest films. And I'm going to, uh, we're going to go over them and talk about them and see if Nate agrees with me that they belong there. And, And here we go with number 20, a film so sleazy and 
morally reprehensible that it's the only film that MST3K3000 went, no, 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 <laughs> no. I think they all said no in unison if you ask Joel. And that is child yeah. pride. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, the thing about Child Bride uh, is that it it's not so it's not so much that it's not MST3K worthy. Uh, it's because it is definitely of that caliber. But yeah, it's 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 a very sleazy <laughs> film. Uh, and it was it was originally made. Uh, because at the time, um, marry like marrying underage uh, children was still legal in a lot of states, and so uh, come it, on, it was, let's, let's bring it out. Let's bring out the truth down south. <laughs> hey, hey, you you live you live down south. That's that's your call to make, man. I, I grew up in New Jersey and uh in New Jersey we only marry our cousins and you have to wait until they're of legal age. So that's it. Uh you know But yeah, well, this was made <laughs> as a film to deter uh though and change those laws. But it ended up being one of the sleaziest, dirtiest films. Ever man, even for yeah. back then. <laughs> yeah, uh oh gosh. Uh doesn't oh Shirley Mills swings uh swings swims naked in that movie and wasn't she only like eleven or eleven years old when she made that movie? And yeah, and it had her get married and have a love scene with a guy. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. And it had a Ugh. woman uh tied to the uh tied to a tree and stripped naked and beaten with a bullwhip. Uh. Uh, so that one belongs. And number nineteen is yeah. one that you would not know if you're not a something weird video collector, which we are, and that's aroused. Uh yes, aroused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, that's a movie about a serial rapist who's afraid of women. Yes. And it will make you want to take a shower. This one is pretty close, but I would also put with it as a uh, a taste of honey and a taste uh, a taste uh, of honey yeah, taste and a of- smell of brine. <laughs> Smell of brine, yeah, right, yeah. It 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 is kind of in the same uh, category for sure, and yeah, again, uh, like people need to, you know, who people who listen to our show are probably already in the know, but yeah, something weird video will will show you some of the best flicks that you've ever seen in your life that you never knew you wanted to see until you see them. Yeah. <laughs> but Arouse is on the triple feature set, but it is just nasty. Yeah. So is a taste of honey. That's one of Dave Friedman's sleaziest. 
Yeah, and, uh, yeah, tasty, tasty honey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Next at number fourteen is one that if you ever get a chance to see, you need to see it, and that's the toy box. Oh. Even I didn't yeah. think that one was going to be as fucked up as it has. It has cannibalism, necrophilia, bestiality, alien sex. <laughs> right? Them having yeah. sex in front of a corpse. That's the whole plot line in the movie. Father has died and to get a piece of his will, they got to think of the most disgusting and sexual fantasy they can think of. Yeah. And perform right? for. And then it has an ending that will leave you going, what the fuck? <laughs> right? What did you think of the toy box's ending the first time you seen it? Well, it was much like uh, like the other day I watched the movie Butchers. I don't know if if you've seen that yet, uh, but at the end of of Butchers, uh, you know it's typical slasher flick, and you've got the last, you know, the last girl, final mm-hmm. girl, typical horror movie trope, and. Just when you think she's about to get away, spoiler alert, she dies. And so no one survives. And I was like, well, that's an odd ending for a horror movie. But okay, whatever. Sometimes they go grim. Yeah, Toy Box goes pretty friggin' grim at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Like, uh Yeah. The the whole well, the whole movie is pretty grim as far as I'm concerned, but yeah, yeah the whole movie's pretty sleazy as is. But then it's like, oh, yeah. take it to another level, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. So, and number yeah. seventeen is pay, pray for death uncut. When I first seen it, it was the already cut, and I I kept hearing people talk about how disgusting and violent it was. I'm like, this ain't that bad. And then I <laughs> right? finally got a hold of the uncut print and good God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, <coughs> yeah. I, 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 I think that I think that would be uh, um It has like a Kill Bill feel to it, but yeah, yeah I, I I definitely guarantee that that that, that movie was a was a uh, was an influence for Kill Bill, uh, the the uncut version at least, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those where. In the full uncut version, it's like the bad guy's impaled with half a tree and laying there, and he's like, kill me, kill me, kill me. (laughs) (laughs) And you're sitting there, even though the guy's one of the biggest scumbags in the world, and you're going like, kill this motherfucker, please. This is fucking hurting me. This is hurting me. (laughs) Right. 
Of all the Shokasugi films, this is the grimiest and sleaziest one. This is, I don't know what the hell <laughs> the filmmakers were well, thinking. That's what, that that's why I said it kind of it kind of it, it reminds me of Kill Bill. It's not as stylish as Kill Bill, uh, but of course it's also. What? When did it come out? 1984, 1986, About somewhere in there. Yeah, so it, it so it you know it's an older older film, but yeah, um, it it is definitely it's it it has a grindhouse feel to it. You know, it feels like one of those 70s uh, kung fu movies or uh, you know samurai ninja movies that you would have seen yeah. on 42nd street you know it's that got that was the weird little it. part of the 80s wasn't it the whole ninja exploitation era yeah yeah that there there was a whole uh like i think 1984 was probably the epitome of it where you could be down on 42nd street uh you know, we talk about this all the time. I grew up in New Jersey, so when I was I was just the right age before 42nd Street got cleaned up that I was old enough to go down there and go to the theaters on 42nd Street and when in I would say it was probably 1984 85 that there you know, somewhere in that area that kung fu movies were so popular on 42nd street that you would walk down 42nd street to go see a movie and there would be like adults full full grown adults in like uh you know wearing uh what whatever you call it like karate clothes you know like yeah, they were karate, karate clothes uh, basically they look yeah. like uh Ty Mac in uh the last dragon yeah, exactly. And they'd be they'd be walking down 42nd Street barefoot, mind you, which was definitely a hazard at that time since most of the people hanging out down there were junkies who were shooting up and then throwing their needles into alleyways, but hey, you know, whatever. You do what you want. <laughs> it's your life, you know. But yeah, but they'd be out in out in the out in front of the theaters like fake kung fu fighting, you know, just and just jumping around and stuff for fun, but, uh, oh. <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> like, uh, all of the Italians who thought that they were badasses after, uh, Rocky came out. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're going around just well, stomp. <laughs> At least, at least those people were actually Italian. Most of these people down on Forty Second Street, pretending to be ninjas and kung fu warriors, were just white people. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And next, we're going into the sleaziest, some of the sleazier films, and we keep getting worse. Next is a yeah. studio film. This may be the sleaziest rape revenge film of them all, and that's saying a lot. And that is yeah. lipstick. Oh yeah. 
I own it, but that's the one that somebody said, you own that? I apologize to him. It's that nasty, <laughs> dirty, and grimy. I mean, it has yeah. Chris Sarandon as a guy who makes some of the worst fucking music I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to right? admit that music that he makes is just horrible. It's like someone yeah. took the music and let their cat run across of it and put it out on an album. <laughs> but the thing about that movie is uh, it, it is the music is horrible. And like you said, the sleaze factor is off the charts. Uh, it, it, it's it's a rape revenge film that's on the, I, I I would say on the same level, but you might disagree. I would say on the same level as I spit on your grave. Uh, but you, you might, you might think one is worse than the other, but I think they're Lipstick probably is worse. Uh, I spit on your grave. Doesn't have a nine year old girl raped. So you would put it more on the level of a Serbian film then, or not no. quite that? No. Not quite that bad, but hmm. for 70s studio, it's rough. It's one of yeah. those that this it's hard to explain like you like it, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the, the thing about it, though, is, you know, uh, you mention it uh, as, you know, a movie that people will be like, why do you own this, you creep? But it it was a 70s exploitation movie but it had uh you said like you said chris sarandon uh mario it had a mario couple of... and her mario hemingway and her little sister Margo. yeah that's right margo margo mario hemingway, hemingway. Mario hemingway. And, yeah. and bancroft and bancroft was in it you know so i mean it wasn't uh, it wasn't necessarily marketed marketed as the you know slee exploitation film that it ended up being i i I bet a lot of people went to see that flick thinking that it was going to be you know like uh like an like a classy uh you know yeah just just based on yeah because if you look at the thing they make it seem like your typical rape revenge drama and then the poster is just like one of those beautiful pastel paintings of Margot with yeah. lipstick. What she does right. is, a, <laughs> you know, what she does to save her sister is forgivable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and it don't even give us an ending. The ending is... Chris Sarandon rapes her sister, who's like nine, like I said, and then she just runs after him and walk, runs up to him with a shotgun and it just freeze frames on her blowing him the fuck away. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like even the movie is like, okay, that's too much. We got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it. It's like, uh, you know, me doing my stand-up comedy. Sometimes I'll tell one joke that I'm just like, all right, I should probably just bow out now before the, before I start getting the booze. They're like, all right, 
I can see the I can see the writer's room for this. All right. So at the end, he rapes the nine year old girl. And then and the producer's like, no, 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 no. And then nothing. If we're ending on raping a nine year old girl, let's just end it. <laughs> we, there's, yeah. there's no further. There's no further we can go from there. Uh, yeah, there's no again, big setup scene like you usually see before the final revenge in these movies, you know. The Rambo right. scene that's been called since the eighties were like dun dun dun. You get the same gearing up. Not in this one, the next one it just shows him walking in the lot and then her running up to him with a shotgun and boom. <laughs> right. <laughs> and next well, it was, was it, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I I, I was done. And next is a Louis Maul film that's considered high art. And I just consider it just plain disgusting and sleazy. And, uh, and that's Pretty Baby. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, Brooke Shields is embarrassed of Alice Sweet Alice, but she's proud of Pretty Baby. Smack, smack, uh, yeah. Smack. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, excuse there's me. There's certain films mm. that can only be made in the seventies, and then there's certain films that can only be made in the seventies, and you're like, why? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, if you look at Robert Carradine and uh, what's her name who played Janet and Rock, Susan Sarandon. They look embarrassed to be in the movie. The whole movie. <laughs> right? I, mean, uh, I don't think... Get, it, I, go ahead. I don't think it was Robert Carradine. I think it was Keith Carradine that was in that one. But yeah, still, it was a Carradine. Keith Carradine, yeah. yeah Keith Carradine. Yeah. But still, yeah. you can just see the them look off screen like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That the oh man, the most disgusting part of that movie for me is when they do the whole uh who's going to buy this 12-year-old girl's virginity friggin' scene, you know? Uh Yeah, then it shows her uh, rub his body on rubber body on Keith Carradine's door just oh god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. Yeah, these are getting more and more disgusting the further down the list we go. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but and, and and but the thing about the thing about Pretty Baby is uh, they kind of want you to think like because it takes place in like the early 1900s, they want you to think, well, you know, this. This was this was normal back then, but it's like no, it's it, that doesn't make it any better, you know. Yeah. Just because it's you know, just because it's nineteen hundred doesn't mean that old men should be having sex with twelve year olds. That that that's not how any of this works. Yes. <laughs> back then it was normal to piss on the electric fence. Doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, you're right. That that was a good pick, man. I I, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that movie in a long time, but that yeah, Sorry. that is a disgusting. <laughs> that is a disgusting of, movie. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of sleazy, we got uh, the first uh, Ted Bundy exploitation movie, Charles Bronson's Ten Till Midnight. Oh yeah, <laughs> that one. <laughs> Live up to its sleazy potential. Yes. Well, the thing about uh, the thing about uh, the most Charles Bronson movies in the seventies really had an underlying sleaze factor, even if they even if they didn't mean to. Um, you know, he, he was he was really big, like, you know, think about uh, even like Death Wish, which was obviously one of his big, biggest hits. You know, it starts out with a rape scene, you know, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah he just and, kind of. He, but Ten to Midnight's one of his 80s films, uh, one of his canon movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. it is sleazy and grimy in a lady's way. And you don't get much grimier than the eighty sleaze film. <laughs> right? And, uh, yeah, uh, the only thing I really remember more about this movie than anything else is that it had Wilford Brimley in it. <laughs> and the whole dildo thing where he's like, What's this for? It's for Jack and Hoss, ain't it? And you're like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh Yeah, but this movie has uh uh actually a pretty shocking ending too that we uh when we were talking about before. Uh what uh the isn't it this is the this is the one that the killer gets caught in the street at the end right like naked yeah bare naked and charles bonson just blows him the fuck away yeah right yeah at yeah at the end of the movie the killer's walking <laughs> down the street naked and charles bronson shoots him in the head yeah yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh! Another movie I haven't thought about in years. You're torturing me tonight, man. You're, you're just. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for reminding me. And next me. is uh, one of the sleaziest films, but this is sleaze in a good way, and that is the Finley's Flesh trilogy. You're not getting more misogynistic <laughs> than the Flesh trilogy. Uh, right? <laughs> uh, no. No. But the no, reason no, no, why no. I'm not slamming it better is because that's some of the greatest dialogue in Slee's history. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, in context, they're talking about a cat when they say this. My, you have a pretty pussy there. Yeah. <laughs> People love to come and pet my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. 
Did you ever get that one from something weird where they had like the entire Flesh trilogy on uh, one DVD? No, I wish I wish I had, but uh, oh. no, I have. I have the I have the touch of her flesh on DVD, but I don't have any of the other ones. Yeah. Oh, that's the first one. That's the weakest one. The second, third I know, one, but... the curse of her flesh and the taste of her flesh, just go batshit crazy. In the third one, yeah. they have a girl's nipples tortured with lobster claws. Yeah. I, oh, I, I I've seen the other two. I just don't. I just don't own them. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, there yeah, there's there's some uh jeez. Uh yeah, the the all, all of them are just crazy anyway. Like yeah. I mean switchblade dildos. Yeah, switchblade dildos, poison tipped rose stones, blow darts, crossbows, buzzsaws. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're, you're right. Acid douches. <laughs> Yeah, it it is probably the absolute uh, uh, epitome of misogyny. But it but the film the you know the filmmakers were a husband and wife duo, so there was a woman yeah. involved in 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 making those films. Uh, you know, uh, and yeah, don't so, forget squash fever. Yeah, right. <laughs> that one you have to see to believe that scene. Oh man. I, I any of the Findlay's movies you kind of have to see to believe. Um, uh yeah, uh, I, let's see uh the Oh I, yeah, I guess, uh, Shriek of the Mutilated is their most yes. fun movie. Right. Yeah. No, that Yeah, I would definitely recommend uh shriek of the mutilated but uh yeah um the most i can i can say about the finlays was that uh i think they really influenced uh the the next generation of films that would uh, that would also be revived by something weird video uh, like uh, David Friedman and uh, Doris Wishman and Johnny yeah. Legend, like a, a lot of that stuff that came well, out on something weird. Put, no, if I was going to put the Doris Wishman title, I would probably put uh, Bad Girls Go to Hell. Right, right. Well, Not I, only I, is I was that just crazy, saying, but that's just one hell of a exploitation uh, type, isn't it? Right. Bad girls yeah. go to hell. <laughs> uh, bad girls go to hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and next yeah. is a film that when I rented it, I went to the action section. I'm like, ooh, it's this trauma film. And it shows a guy with uh, a machine gun. It says, he gets revenge for the crimes committed against him and his troops in Vietnam. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be a badass action film. And you know what title I'm talking about, don't you, Nate? I'm assuming, well, I I know it I know it under two different titles, but you either you're either talking about American Nightmare or if you're talking about the trauma version, Combat Shock. Combat Shock, yeah. <laughs> that Combat movie shock. is just <laughs> 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 Ugh. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's so, it's thing on so many levels, like, oh my gosh. Uh, and again, because it's real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, uh, I mean, it does feel like it's based in, in, in a reality that, you know, someone coming back from Vietnam, uh, after seeing all their friends die really could just completely lose their mind. But it's also, uh, even though it is like a true, like 42nd street underground sleaze film, it does make a, a, a point about how, you know, America kind of, uh, lets, lets our veterans down when they come back from fighting overseas for us, you yeah. know, and, but well, uh, buddy you know. never made a sleaze film for sleaze film state. Everything that right. his movie may have a point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that one does make a really interesting point. Like, uh, you know, before it gets into true sleaze territory, uh, it really is just about, you know, a, a, a veteran who's trying to find a job, trying to get on food his for worst his family. His life. And, yeah. He's a uh, hooked on yeah. heroin. Uh, his wife is being harassed by her boss. Uh, he yeah. has a bizarre little mutant kid. Which is, uh, uh, I, I think, definitely uh, a nod to. Insp- yeah, yeah, a, a nod to a racer head. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, it, 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 it kind of feels like a a mix between a racer head and taxi driver, but yeah, it does get really disturbing at the end. Uh, after you've already sat and through. don't forget that one yeah. uh, scene where his uh, brother can't find uh, his, a needle to inject his heroin. So he rips his uh. arm open and pours it right yeah. in. We've talked about we've talked about that before. I, I, I am uh, no 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 no. <laughs> and there's still ten more, eleven more to go. And number eleven. Well, I've changed one title out, and number eleven is Satan's Children. Yeah. All right. <laughs> With Poopstain, uh. Tidy Whities. Satan based uh, homophobia, uh, <laughs> a bizarre incest subplot. Even though I don't know anyone, even the most desperate person in the world who would go after this, uh, who this woman whose skin looks like it has the texture of uh, burnt steak. <laughs> right. So, because he tries to uh, fool around with him, he runs from the house and is picked up by a gay guy, and they and he calls his friends for a good as hell party. So they drive around and balance a six pack on the boy's back while they're sodomizing while driving through country roads. <laughs> so and then he uh, escapes this- to. A- a satanistic uh, colony where did he learn that he's not worthy enough to worship Satan because 
politically incorrect moment, and I'm sorry if it's offended you. Satan hates fags. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and what's funny is they yeah. hire a guy who could be David Lockery's twin brother in action and in the way he talks to say it. Uh, right. <laughs> so it takes it from being horribly mean to just freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It, and then you know, it gets more fucked up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have you seen yeah. it? Uh, oh, wait, you're something weird fan, of course. Of course I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it it's weird though. It, it it does. It is like you say. Uh, like yeah. It's it it's very it's very weird uh, that yeah he goes to live with. He's a runaway child. He goes to live with Satanists. And then they get weirded out because they think he might be gay. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, hey, look, we worship the Dark Lord, but we don't want any uh, homos around here. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. We we have there's a line that we draw. There's a line that yeah. we draw. <laughs> <laughs> bonus feature on it. Mm. Otherwise, yep. you're going to be playing a pretty penny for it on the the get the uh Asylum of Satan DVD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't uh you know, it, if if you want to collect a movie, if you want to buy a movie, you know, and there's a cheap version of it and you don't really care, you know, don't go for the Criterion collection, you know, just go to that little uh, $5 DVD bin at Walmart and you can, I, I promise you can get a copy of Night of the Living Dead there. Uh, don't, don't, don't pay for the Criterion version. Uh, if, if, if you're not. <laughs> the Criterion is just 20, so that's a bad pick. <laughs> yeah, all right. You right. know, but yeah, yeah, under, yeah, it's like, oh, I got the DVD of Last House on Dead End Street. It cost me 40 bucks. I got it on <laughs> Blu-ray with corruption, cost me in shipping. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, you uh, you know, um, I... For me, and I think we've talked about this before on the show because we are a movie-based uh, podcast, but um, I really only buy movies and TV shows on uh, physical media anymore when it's something that I want to make sure I always have a copy of. Um, otherwise, I mean, for crying out loud, we have every streaming service in the world, you know? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, you know, Man. I don't need to buy every every movie, you know. It always uh, every TV pays show. off in the end to be a cheap bastard. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, is there anyone that you would either take off my list of 20 to 11 or uh, add before we get into the top 10? No, you're doing a great job, man. Let's just let's just keep running with your list and uh let's let's see what else you got. I'll I'll, I'll see when we get when we get down to number 2. I'll see if 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 you haven't mentioned any that I would that I would have brought up. Okay. So, number 10 is the only movie rated X for violence that went, "Okay, I'll take it." <laughs> and that would be Please. again Roberta Friendly and its <laughs> tenement, a.k.a. Game of Death. <laughs> Rated X for violence. <laughs> yeah. If you remember, the poster actually has that quote. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it is a uh, rough watch, isn't it, Nate? Yeah, yeah, that uh uh it's definitely uh uh it it kind of feeds into my uh kind of like my anxiety because it's just like, you know, like I don't know, I I I'm always paranoid and freaked out and everything is always seems weird to me, you know, and I have to do so I have to do so much stuff in the real world between my day job and my stand up comedy yeah. and our podcast and running my record label and everything like uh, I I'm just always freaked out about everything so <laughs> uh yeah it, that one uh, that one feeds into my uh anxiety like pretty heavy that one pictures the tenement vibes of a cheap 80s tenement so well that you can basically smell the piss in the hall. You can basically feel the piss coming off the DVD or Blu-ray as you watch it. You can just yeah, smell right. it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it has some uh, of the nastiest violence happening to the nicest characters you would ever think. <laughs> Right. Yeah. See, that's, that's why I say, you know, it's like, that's why it feeds into my like anxiety, you know, cause I'm like, I think I'm a nice guy. I, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I drink and I, I do drugs and, you know, but otherwise, you know, I, I don't necessarily consider those things to be bad, but I know other people do. So I, I, it, it just the the level of anxiety that I exist in makes me feel like people are always judging me. And my mom and my wife tell me all the time, you're your own worst critic. You know, you're not a bad person. You don't do bad things. You, you accomplish a lot on a daily basis. You're just, you know, uh, self-conscious, but yeah, like a movie like that, kind of exemplifies exactly that feeling you know when like i i know for all intents and purposes that i'm not a bad person and i know that i do accomplish a lot on a daily basis you know i mean i have two college degrees i've been successful in a number of fields over the years and you know i i know i'm a good person see people you know 
Uh, Hit him and it's so bad, it's causing Nate to have an anxiety attack. And this is just number 10. (laughs) Nine more left, people. Uh, And next is the highest rank for something weird. And if you got the toy box, it had a co-feature with it. And it has such a gentle title. Toys are meant for children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that one, by the end of it, you're just sitting there. Oh, my God. You're, 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 you are just trying to torture me tonight. <laughs> it's about yeah. a girl whose mom whose dad leaves her mom when he was a kid. She's a kid, so she spends the rest of the movie trying to get back with him. That's what the poster says, and that's basically what the movie's about. But oof. Oh, boy. They should have something on top of this uh, poster in the movie. Warning, you're about to see some of the most fucked and disturbing shit you've ever seen. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Especially the ending for it. There was a lot of times in trailers of the 70s that says, Warning, the last two, ten minutes of this movie is extremely disturbing and maybe... Cause distress. Most movies you watch it, you're like, yeah, right. And this one, you're like, uh, why did you so light? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, and this one, uh, this one kind of reminds me of another film that might be on your list. I won't talk about it if it is, but uh, but one that you and I have talked about in the past, The Baby. Uh, oh no, the baby's not on my list. But but uh, uh, toys are not for children. Kind of reminds me of that. It kind of launches from that same idea. Also, like Spider Baby. Um, that yeah. you know the uh, the, yeah. the main the the main the main character is I so emotionally stunted with putting the baby next to toys. I'm not doing children. Because both of them will bite you hard. And once they get their yeah. fangs into you, they won't stop until you're dead. Then they'll bring you back to life and <laughs> kill you again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It the that it, it kind of reminds me of Spider Baby and The Baby just because the main character is uh, sexually charged but not emotionally mature you know so yeah it 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 creeps you out because you feel like you're watching uh you know it feels you're like you're watching, watching something you shouldn't you're you're watching something that's it feels like pedophilia but the women are fully grown you know but you're just like yeah yeah physically physically they're fully grown but mentally no no you know so yeah, yeah. It, it makes you feel gross. Yeah. Yep. And at number well, eight is the sleaziest 
uh, exploitation ever made. And that's saying something when you got child bride at number 20, and that would be yeah. poor pretty Eddie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> damn. That was just uh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. If I ever met Liz Uggums, I would just look at her and say, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, One, you get yeah, to be star uh, in the film. Cool. Uh, Two, you get to be raped by a number of men. What? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I kind of feel like uh, that this movie uh not that there's any rape in the movie I'm going to mention, but I kind of feel like this movie influenced Bubba Hotep because you've got like the Elvis impersonator and, you know, the, yeah, the it woman. Yeah, that bizarre Joe R. Lansdale feel to it. Like you don't know where the hell it's going to go from one moment to the next. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like it's at the like end, the, Bigfoot could come in and kick the shit out of the guy who's Eddie, and you wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If 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 anyone out there hasn't seen this movie, man, holy cow, buckle up. Uh, yeah. What 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 is the what is the original guy's the guy whose car breaks down? He's he's a he's a musician, right? Leslie Uggams is a she. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's she right. was besides uh, this film, she was known as a TV star. But that's not the funniest thing. Uh, the funniest story I heard about this movie is the trailer for this is on the Alamo Draft House uh, DVD. Yeah, and they have a commentary, and he talks about how he made the mistake. Uh, do you remember that uh, Sweet Home Alabama with uh, Reese Witherspoon? <laughs> no, I do not. Oh, oh, the well, you, mo- know, you mean the movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember. Yeah, <laughs> but for a second, well, I he made for a the second. mistake of. Grabbing that trailer and playing it before and some mother and daughters who were going to see Sweet Home Alabama. And they see the uh, poor pretty Eddie trailer under its alternate title, Redneck County Rape. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine the complaints? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Huh. <laughs> what the? Okay, at number seven is when it comes to the category three. This is the first really big one that hit over here, and it didn't bother us as much back then, but. It just seems like the more it ages, the sleazier and nastier it gets to modern audiences. And that would be the untold story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one's just nasty. 
It was the start of the category three true crime movie. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that was uh, – where did that come from? H- Hong Kong? was That, that was a yeah, Hong, Hong Kong, Kong movie. Yeah. Right. Well, I think yeah. category three, so it had to be Hong Kong. Yeah, right. Yeah. And this is the film mm. all the other ones tried to top. You right. Know. They were like, yeah. we've got to outdo the untold story. <laughs> uh, it's out on so, a nice Blu-ray and DVD from Earner Films, but this one is just nasty and sleazy and just... Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I you know though I have to I have to say I have to push back a little bit on this one um uh because it is nasty and sleazy but I have to say I'm going to admit right now uh, uh, on the air uh I kind of wonder what human flesh tastes like I I, I kind of wonder I I I wonder <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah like I, I yeah, you know, I that mean, I, I just, I don't know. was able to get a print out of Hong Kong when the Chinese take over. Uh, they had uh, the negative stored under pork meat buns. The part that said human had fallen off there, so they were able to save it and get it out of Hong Kong when the whole ban on Category 3 happened. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it uh, has one of the, the nastiest police interrogation scenes I've ever seen. Right. And uh, a guy gets killed with a spoon. Like how? Yeah. How, and, <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget the chopstick murder where a woman right. is has uh, chopsticks inserted in a place you don't want them inserted in. Ah, yep. Uh, That whole murder Uh scene of the family is is the make-or-break scene of that movie. If you leave during that scene, you ain't coming back. But if you make it through that, you're going to be there for the whole experience. Oh, yeah. 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 I see now there there is a definite sleaze factor to that movie, but for me, uh, the violence makes me more uncomfortable. Like I, you know, but but then again, I did just admit that admit that I would uh, eat human flesh if I had the choice. So since that's that's not really what Abby the, the, says. It says whenever she tries <laughs> to get you to eat something that. You're like, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, honey, do you want to eat it tonight? Oh, babe, I just had some peanuts. I'm really not hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, number six is, well, there's some movies that play the race card and some movies that dangle it. This one takes it and shoves it down your freaking throat. <laughs> a movie so vile and sleazy that the lead the actor who played the villain William Sanderson, when he got his role in Newhart, 
he was praying to God that they would not find out this movie existed. If you go to Anderson's IMDb, this movie is not on it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And that's fight for your life. Yeah. Right. And you and I have talked about this for uh, before. Yeah, uh, we've talked. We've talked about. I, I don't. Again, you know, we, uh, you and I have worked together on so many different projects that I can never remember whether we've talked yeah. about it on the show well, or, or whether. I think it was about uh, three weeks or so ago when I told the story about the black guy standing up and uh, pulling out the knife and said, "All honkies go now." <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this movie is designed to piss off everybody. Yeah. Um, I can see why William Sanderson might have wanted to distance in himself from it. Um, more than anything, I mean, you know, there's 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 some there's definitely violence in it but i think more than anything it's probably the language that he wanted to oh, remove God, himself yeah. from you know yeah yeah <laughs> right? there's something yeah. to offend everybody yeah right and the uh the character names in that movie are uh ridiculous too like you know uh what what are some some of the characters are like Chinko or uh Yeah, he calls uh, uh he calls he said, This is my Japanese friend Chink. This is my right. uh, sick friend Rock Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and let's and, not oh, get what, into what the he he uses basically every insult for a black guy, but the grandma is just badass. Yeah, right? Yeah, move and I'll blow your balls off. Or <laughs> he says, honey, go in the kitchen and give me that knife. I want to carve me some pink pig. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. This was it, one it, of those yeah. that would not play today no matter what. Oh, no. No, no. Yeah. You wouldn't even have to bring up, uh, you know, like everybody's always like, oh, cancel culture, cancel culture. You wouldn't even have to bring up that phrase. All you'd have to do <laughs> is watch the first 15 minutes of this movie and be like, yeah, no, no, oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> and I actually own the DVD, so what the uh, I have some sick face. Yeah, five, I know, right? Yeah, and we're in the top uh, five now, and number five is Private Lessons. What's that? I've never yeah. seen it. It's never been on DVD. There's a reason why. Hey, here's the pitch meeting. Hey, Nate. Uh, it's about a 23-year-old guy who's seduced by this maid who's uh, uh him in the... Chauffeur is trying to blackmail him. Cool. Can we make the boy an <laughs> eleven-year-old version? What? <laughs> yeah, that would work better. 
So you well, have you know what? Cr- what? <laughs> oh no! Well, you you were just talking about uh, the last movie. I actually have private lessons on on uh, VHS. So. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right that it's as sleazy as I say, Nate? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, yeah, another movie you would not be able to get away with today. Like, oh, I'm going to seduce a child so I can blackmail his parents. And, uh, uh, oh, okay, what, that, whatever. I guess, I guess that's how things worked uh, back in the 80s. Uh, I don't know. Uh <laughs> Well, the original <laughs> book, which is what I just said, the 20 had a an adult male being blackmailed. As yeah. soon as he's seen the script and stuff, he's like, take my name off of it. Uh, right? Yeah. If you yeah. see how you're supposed it, to react to this movie, look at uh, the guy from Head of Your Class, Martin something. He played Dr. Johnny Fever, too. Uh, Howard Hessman, right? Yeah. How, Howard Hessman played. Howard yeah, Howard Hessman face throughout the movie. Yeah. You will see how to react to the movie. <laughs> right. Uh, who else was in that movie? Uh, uh, Sylvia uh, who, Sylvia who, Cristal. She played the seducer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, 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 wasn't. I can't remember 100%, but wasn't Ed Bagley Jr. in that movie? I, yeah, I, for about five minutes. Yeah, yeah, he had a yeah he had a cameo, which is kind of funny because usually when you have a cameo in a movie, it's because you're really famous at the moment. But I don't think he was really famous in the eighty like that early eighties. Well, I think, I think that he was originally cast as the lead before they decided to make it into a pedal film. Ah, there you go. Right. Because you're right. You, the the novel is about an older man being blackmailed. And for some reason, yeah, they turned it into a, a child being <laughs> seduced. Ugh. And at, in the end of the movie is the child picking up his teacher and she goes with it. God. You want to go out for dinner Man. tonight? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Rod Stewart, you're in my heart and soul. <laughs> uh, <God>. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and number Gross. four, well, Peril and Capetti only had one thing in the documentary for this film that they talked about it. And they said, we made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Apologies all around. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those, like when they say Django Unchained was racist. I'm like, have you seen Adios, Dio, Tom? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this one is a Mondo documentary showing how slavery was back in the day. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, so this is, these are the same guys that made, uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, they were of course, the anyone who, of the Mondo film, they made, uh, Mondo Kane, Mondo Kane 2, Women of the World, and before that, a film that would be tied with this, and that is Ideal Africa. Africa, blood and guts. Yes, yeah, yeah. See, so yeah, they were they were definitely the fathers of the Mondo film, but yeah, I mean, it's it was the thing is like a a movie a, a movie made under uh, under the same uh, philosophy as this film today would have been made with more finesse whereas this one is yeah you're right it's pure exploitation and they i i understand i I don't think they were trying to be exploitative i do believe that they were trying to uh they were trying to cut their ass after honest well we got to go back to cannibal holocaust do you remember that scene of the people getting shot in it? Yes, And they said it all for real? That was based on Jacopero and, Ca- and Capri, who, when they filmed Africa Adio, hot did that stunt. As a matter right. of fact, they were convicted of murder in Africa. <laughs> if they had ever went back there... They would have gotten executed. <laughs> so yep, they made right. ideal zeal time as an apology for how racist and murdering black people in Africa a deal. I don't think <laughs> it worked. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, remember how the last time we were here, we killed a bunch of people? Uh, well, this time we're going to tell you a story about how uh, 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 Americans killed a bunch of your people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that seems like a good apology. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this one is just <laughs> nasty. Oh, this one is one of the nastiest ones you could see. And it, like I said, this feels like this, and well, pretty much anything in the top ten of my sleeves list that just, well, any of the top twenty that cracked me up, they're like, oh, Serbian films, the sleaziest, most disgusting film I've ever seen, and I'm just like amateur. Yeah, Serbian film is uh, is sleaze for sleaze's sake, like it, 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 it. It is a disgusting, sleazy film, but it was made intentionally in that manner. I think the films that we're talking about tonight, uh, they have a sleaze factor to them, but I don't think that they were all necessarily made with the intention of of coming off as greasy. I think they th- th- that's just the the audience that they found. I took it to as a... Uh... To quote Spinal Tap, they took it to 11. 
Right, right, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it was just young filmmakers with a limited budget just trying to find the most shocking things they could do. And again, uh, most of the films that we're talking about were released in the time when, you know, like 42nd Street and the drive-ins and grindhouse theaters were still a thing. So you knew that you could spend $5,000 on a movie and make your money back as long as your movie was shocking or sleazy enough that people would swarm to it, you know? And, uh, and that's the difference from what happens nowadays. They, you know, people still are still trying to make shocking and sleazy movies, but they're doing it intentionally to, to piggyback off of, the movies that we're talking about tonight, which I, I, like I said, I think a lot of these directors were just like, Hey, I, if I make the most shocking movie that I can make, I can show it on 42nd street. I can show it. I can take it around the country at, to the drive-ins and I'll yeah. make all my money back and, and, and then some, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And going to number three, what do you expect when you watch a Bruno Mattei film, uh, Nate? Uh, I expect someone to spit on my grave. <laughs> I said Bruno Mattei, the guy who did uh, Night of the Zombies, Rats, Night of Terror. You know, you're expecting something silly and light, which most of his films are. <laughs> right? Right. And yep. then you have... And the only way that I know to get it was on the out-of-print, hard-to-find-now, Grindhouse Experience box set. And that would be Women's Camp 31. Yeah, I actually have that. I actually have that Grindhouse box set that has uh, Women's Camp 31 on it. Yep. And... Doesn't that film just make you depressed as hell after watching? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um I I have a lot of uh like you know uh not exploitation films uh uh mostly like old VHS uh you know big box stuff just because I collect yeah. that. But uh, yeah, I don't watch them that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My, uh, I, I don't know. My wife there's gets really depressed. There's, you know, <laughs> yeah. But unlike most of them, what I have some kind of silliness, like uh, uh, Boris Lugosi in the beast in heat, there is no fun in women's camp 31 there is no levity at all it's like we're yeah. gonna be depressing from the get-go to the final freaking frame right yeah yeah it's uh yeah uh oh see the like a lot of those uh nazi films from that era uh you know like you think about like any of the Olga movies, they're kind of, uh, they're, yeah, I mean, we're still talking, we're still talking about, you know, like, you know, Nazi 
stuff, so it's still depressing, but there, there's always a hero, you know, there's always somebody who saves the day and, you know, but yeah, not, not so much that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you meant yeah. the Ilsa films and those were straight up, uh, S&M lick my boots boys type film, which is different than yeah. just, just, just depressing pieces work called women's camp 31 and number yeah. two is one that people know but not too many people dare to see and that's the candy snatchers yeah oh man you and i have talked about this one more than once uh yeah that's uh ugh. and it, it i i and i believe that at least I've read in the past that that's based on a true story, right? Uh, I don't know, but it just... Yeah. There's some of these fleece films that don't live up to its hype, and this one does. Yeah, and I think this one really terrified me as a as a child because uh I, not not anymore, but when I was younger, I was really claustrophobic. Like now, yeah. I kind of like it. Like, you know, now now I kind of take comfort in uh in being like, you know, cuddled up and wrapped up and uh but back when I was a child, I was really claustrophobic. And as I've mentioned many times before on the show, uh, my mother was a really big fan of horror and exploitation movies when I was young. So she would let me watch anything, you know, she would go to the video store and come back with movies like this, like the candy snatchers or last house on the left or solo. Uh, you know, I got to see all of those movies before I was even 10 years old. <laughs> so this one really terrified me. If anyone out there has not seen the candy snatchers, if you are claustrophobic, you're probably not going to enjoy it. <laughs> and yeah. if you are disabled, this one's good. There's something sleazy about everybody in this movie. The ending is a horribly sleazy, downbeat, depressing ending. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all uh yeah. Yeah, from from the being buried alive to the poor autistic kid who doesn't understand what's going on and well he understands uh, what's going on but everybody treats him like he's a fucking retard right they even use the word uh, in the movie yeah right yeah. and he's like hey there's a girl up there in the casket yeah go on dummy yeah and and it, it it does have a really depressing ending because it's kind of ambiguous. Like, did she live? Did he live? Like, who who lived? Who died? You know, like. Well, yeah. there's one person that dies at the very, 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 very end. That I was like, I want to go, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. now we're number two. What you said you were going to uh, see if there's any I left off that you would have put on. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I I had I had one. Uh, uh, uh inner glass cage. I think uh, I, I would put in a glass cage as uh, one of the sleaziest, creepiest movies I've ever seen. I didn't um, put that because I put in a glass cage on my most disturbing list. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I would put that on like my list of sleaziest movies, though, just because even though it's a revenge hey. thriller and for any... Yeah, it, it, even if if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, it is a revenge thriller and it is based around Nazism again. Um, but uh, uh, a young home nurse who suspects that a Nazi who tortured him uh, during the Holocaust uh, takes a job as a home nurse and. Uh, just basically tortures the guy uh it's called in a glass cage but it's really the 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 supposed nazi is in an iron lung uh for health issues and so the the victim takes advantage of him and tortures him throughout the film uh for one of the reasons why i would name this the sleaziest film ever is not only does it show uh, a bunch of scenes of the young boy being tortured and, you know, sexually molested in the concentration camp. But one of his acts of revenge is to turn off the iron lung and as his uh, presumed torturer uh, uh, gasps for air, he masturbates on his face. <laughs> so... Yeah, <laughs> that's that's sleaze, sleaze to the degrees. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but I it is, it pretty is. much did my most yeah. disturbing and sleaze films pretty much back to back, and I tried to no cross pollination. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. So uh, that's yeah. That that was one. That was the one I was gonna bring up. So what do you got for number one, baby? Uh, Kenjate, Forbidden Subjects. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. This may be the sleaziest movie that Charles Bronson ever did. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, there are yeah. so many films of rape. Uh, anti-Japanese hate. Right. Uh, and the scene with Cy Richardson and a bunch of guys just coming in and making the, like the 11 or 10 year old girls get on their knees and then zoop. Just, yeah. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, you will never yeah. ever see a Bronson fan put this one in their top five fun to watch Bronson movies list. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It, 
but it, it it is funny though because it does follow a similar uh it does have like a similar tone to um death wish where um the the prejudice against a certain subgroup uh is is uh you know put into motion by an uh, by an actual crime that's witnessed you know like uh so it you know it's it, it's uh yeah it, i i don't know it it it's a weird but it is it it's a pattern that a lot of charles bronson revenge movies follow it, that you know you're you're made to sympathize with the vigilante because they witness something that turns them into a racist or turns them into the vigilante you know uh well no and, and he's a racist much, before you know. he becomes a vigilante <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah, uh, right. This film is just like okay, we we gonna blow out the eighties in scum fashion. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it 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 is a uh, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if I would have put this one at the top of the list. It it definitely has a sleaze factor. But like I said, I mean. Yeah, the the I think the most disturbing thing about it is definitely the opening scene where the woman gets raped on the subway, but she doesn't really seem to mind. Like, ugh, that that's the scene that that creeps me out the most. <laughs> Just like, ugh, like oh yeah, no, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead and rape me. I'm enjoying it. Actually, I think I'm gonna come. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what's indicated. Uh, she seems to have an well, orgasm while she's being raped. It just seems raped. that, well, they talk about it. It's like, oh, it's against Japanese culture to complain when someone rapes you. What? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, oh. it's a very nasty, sleazy, racist, pedophilia-filled movie. Yeah. And Bronson rapes the guy yeah. with a dildo. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> How can oh, a movie boy. that has Bronson raping a guy with a dildo not be the sleaziest? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's the sleaziest on our list tonight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But, and I apologize but it was, to you for putting through that because I could tell that some of these films you were like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know me. You know, I, I'm a film fanatic, and and you and I have seen probably every movie ever made. But uh, now that I'm a married man and my wife is a demure woman. Uh, you know, I don't think about a lot of these movies anymore. I don't watch a lot of these movies anymore. And then you bring them up and I'm like, oh, God, that's right. That happened. Oh, God. <laughs> I've always had very high trash aesthetic. Yeah, I, I, I still do. I enjoy it uh, when I have my time alone. But when when Abby's home, we usually watch comedy films nowadays, you know, because obviously I'm a stand-up comedian and she enjoys comedy films. And, 
You know, her, we've talked about this before. She, she likes Quentin Tarantino. She'll watch that, but her favorite director is Wes Anderson. So she's more into like whimsical TV shows and movies and stuff. So yeah. Uh, I, I try to watch all my horror movies and exploitation and true crime documentaries when she's not home. So I, I, I have to admit, uh, with all apologies, I have drifted away from the uh, the dark side of. Oh, of it film. happens. Uh, you know, I don't I still, like most I, of I the new uh, disturbing films, like uh, Gaspar Noe. I've never had a taste for, but I did like the house that Jack built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what did I watch yesterday? Uh, I watched uh, the but- Butchers. Have you seen that movie, Butchers? No, uh, but you talked about it oh, a little you, bit earlier, and it sounds decent. Yeah, that was a good one. And uh, what did I? What else did I watch yesterday? Um, yeah, I, oh, I mentioned the other one, the the blood, the blood on her. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, yeah, the blood Marijuana. on her butt. <laughs> Marijuana is a hell of a drug, man. Marijuana is a hell of a drug. <laughs> well, that's how I can I, tell I am moved from a great movie because a great movie, you're just like, pow, no matter how stoned you are, you're like, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. speaking of no. uh, weed, what was a nick for uh, weed that they use more in the 70s and uh 90s than they do today. Chiba. Uh, yeah. And it yeah, was so baby. named because all of the weed dealers and stuff would go see Sunny Chiba movies. And they say, I got that yeah. Chiba Chiba. What's that? That stuff that knocks you flat on your ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh actually you and I talked about this like a month ago and I yeah I never realized I never realized that the slang for uh pot that yeah Chiba I never knew that that came from Sunny Chiba but obviously as a movie fan I've always been a fan of Sunny Chiba but I never put uh two and two together but you know probably cuz I've been smoking that Chiba for the last 25 years yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, Sonny yeah. Chiba uh, died uh, last week of COVID. Yeah, and yeah, and so yeah, just I wish I had that scene from True Romance because I can't touch what Tarantino said about it because that just sums up his character. He's less mm-hmm. of a good guy. Than just a bad yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I, I was always uh, I was a Sonny Chiba fan before I was a Tarantino fan. Uh, but for anyone who doesn't know, and I get so irritated by this because again. I'm contractually obligated every week to mention that Tarantino is my favorite director. I'm so irritated by all you people out there who don't understand that, that Samuel L. Jackson's 
speech in Pulp Fiction before he kills people is actually from a Sonny Chiba movie. People the keep bodyguard. talking about the bodyguard. Yes, people are always like talking about where where's this Bible quote from? Where's this Bible? It's not a Bible quote. It's a Sonny Chiba movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, I. I I, I was raised Catholic, so I had to read the Bible multiple times. And then I majored in English and philosophy when I was in college. So I had to read the Bible m- several more times. That That is not an actual Bible quote. It was written for a Sonny Chiba movie, and Tarantino stole it for Pulp Fiction. <laughs> uh, so please stop, people, please stop, stop sending me messages on Twitter, and- please. Two say okay, three, two, one, we gotta skip it right here, and here we go. Where are we going? Amen. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so before we uh, before we say good night, uh, what uh, what's your favorite Sunny Chiba movie? Uh, my favorites that aren't the Street Fighter, uh, the Killing Machine, the one that uh, Eli Roth ripped off the dog cast scene for in Hostel 2, uh, Swords of Vengeance, and Shogun Samurai. Yeah, uh, I like Shogun Samurai a lot, and The Bodyguard, and I, but I do like, even though he's only in it briefly, I do like Sister Street Fighter, um, oh, and Lady, series, yeah. yeah, and Lady, Lady Dragon. Uh, uh, I like that one a lot too. Yeah, the bodyguard is okay, but what it was is once the Street Fighter became a big hit, uh, Terry Levine got a movie that was based on one of Chiba's TV shows, The Bodyguard, and he took yeah. that and he made it into that movie. And it has that amazing opening at the 42nd Street Karate uh, Studio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And I can't it, find it, that, it really, but that is great, ain't it? He's like, fuck, man, Sonny uh, Chibo win, man. He be just boom, boom, beat the uh, hell out of that uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, uh, yeah, I... I uh, speaking of Tarantino, I wonder how he feels about that because he's obviously a huge Sonny Chiba fan. He not only mentions Sonny Chiba in uh, True Romance, but he had Sonny Chiba in uh, Kill Bill Volume 1. And uh, But then when he did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he had a character play Bruce Lee. So you know 
you know somewhere Tarantino's been like, oh, what if Sonny Chiba fought Bruce Lee? <laughs> Remember, uh, T- Tarantino lived in the black side of town. It's like I've tried to explain to you. If you lived in the white side of town, it was a Bruce Lee. You know, Bruce Lee was the guy you loved. Right. But if you lived in the ghetto <laughs> or in the sleaze part of town, it was Chiba. Because you can understand, that's why the Street Fighter was so popular. You get all these pimps and pushers going in, and you've seen this guy, you know, just a bad motherfucker who's like, you fuck me out of that money, I'll fucking kill you. They're like, yes, I can relate to this human being. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I I understand this gentleman uh, perfectly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, if you huh. haven't seen The Killing Machine, you should uh, The Karate for Life trilogy uh, Bullet Train, which is the film that Speed ripped off Almost note for yep. note if you watch it mm-hmm. But Swords of Vengeance is Fall of the Aku Castle just imagine the 47 Ronin told by Sonny Chiba and Kenji Fukusaku, the guy who did Yakuza Papers and Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Isn't that a ripoff of the Hunger Games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, and, well, and Chiba does show up in the Yakuza papers, which if you haven't seen, you need to. In a way, they're a better mob film than The Godfather came out in the same period. Yeah, and obviously, if uh, you know, if you haven't seen the Street Fighter movies, you've got to watch those. They're, you know, they're not as exciting as you think they're going to be, but they're a worthy, uh, they're a worthy uh, way to remember Sonny Chiba, he was amazing in in those flicks, and of course, Kill Bill Volume One. Uh, he's the sushi chef. That's a uh, that's a fun little fact. Well, when <laughs> and when, Hanzo Vitari uh, comes from his show Samurai Warriors, which he played yeah. each one of the seasons was in a different year, but he played the same character, Hanzo Hitori. So basically, Kill yes. Bill is like a, a sequel to that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So if you're if you're out there and you're unfamiliar with Sunny Chiba, uh, Google IMDb, find some Sunny Chiba and check it out. Yeah, uh, he he's fun. Uh, he he I I you know what I feel like, Stephen? I feel like. Uh, like Sonny Chiba is like a like a more serious version of of some of our uh, more rambunctious kung fu uh, actors, like you know from from recent years. You know, uh, he 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 had the same kind of energy and was still like fun, but he. He never, you know, he never really broke character. Like, he was always just serious, you know? Uh, yeah. But. Even in but, Kill Bill, you know, when he's telling his jokes, he doesn't break character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, 
yeah, he was a he was a lot of and fun. And of course, but... my favorite moment in the Fast and Furious Three, where it has all the other characters doing that macho, puffed up shit. Like, yeah, I kick your ass. Come on, mother, I'll beat your ass. And then here comes Sonny Chiba <laughs> in a big white jacket, just standing there, doesn't say a <laughs> word, and the other ones just <laughs> bow their head like, oh God, Chiba's here. <laughs> yeah, like. I like I feel like, you know, uh like actors like like other kung fu actors like Jet Li and Jackie Chan, I feel like not that they break character. I just feel like they they do it a little goofier and have a little more fun with it even though they're both like great uh martial artists, but I feel like uh yeah, Sonny Chiba, I feel like he never really, same thing with Bruce Lee. I feel like neither one of them ever really broke character. Like, they, they stayed really serious, you know, and, and just yeah. did their thing, you know, you know. So, but, and like, if you're I mean, looking for a good horror film with Sonny Chiba, get Samurai Reincarnation. Mm-hmm. He's one of the guys that was like one of the, you know, if you were around back then, he was just the bad, the badass. Yeah. He yeah, like, uh, like, what if Bruce Lee fought Sonny Chiba? I was always like, Sonny Chiba would win. Why? Chiba would bring a gun. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Bruce Lee be doing this. Whoa! And Chiba just pulled the gun and boom. <laughs> yeah, away. it would be like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the samurai uh, <laughs> uh, guy. Uh, I don't know if he's a samurai. What? Uh, well, what, yeah, the what, sword what that... just swinging yeah. that sword around. And yeah, and he's just like, yeah. Shoop, blam. Yeah, but what what would that be called though he's not a samurai he's a sword swinger but yeah he wasn't a samurai because yeah. they were yeah they I, yeah i don't know i'm racist swordsmith i don't know uh swordsmith no that's that's people yeah, who, that's someone who it, makes I swords said it <laughs> at the first of the show and i'm gonna say it again as a good night people uh, idiots anti-colon if the badass Sonny Chiba can't beat COVID. What chance do you have? Yeah, uh, you know we love our listeners, and you know we're not we're not trying to talk down to you. We're not trying to make you feel stupid. But if you're not vaccinated and you're not still carrying a mask with you just in case. You're stupid. Please get vaccinated. Wear a mask. We love you. We care about you. We want you here next week. So just do it. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's really and not. Up, and upcoming uh, next month on the channel, well, the Sesploitation, we're going to celebrate one of the biggest birthdays of the 90s, which happened yeah. in mid to, mid to late September, right? We'd have to check the day, but I know it was September <laughs> when the film when, came when, out that basically changed uh, the whole 
independent film structure forever. Yes, uh, uh, Woody Allen's uh, uh, Woody Allen's uh, Casino Royale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was was that it? Did I get it right? <laughs> no. And another hint, this film won the big award at Cannes, and a lot of filmmakers, a lot of the film critics in the U.S. were pissed off because they considered it a low movie, a comic no. movie. So? Uh, Woody Allen's Casino Royale. That one was actually better than you think if you actually went back and watched it. Just just to see no, Peter I, Sellers as James Bond. Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, I know. I, I'm just but that was with a you, hell but, of a yeah, six I, I, do. I mean, we had uh, Ed Wood come out that month, same week. Yes. Yep. And uh, it, Clerks came out that same year. Yep. Uh, I'd have to look. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which one of Linklater's films came out this year? Wasn't it Slacker? Uh, I think no. I think it was uh, no. I think it was Dazed and Confused that that Linklater had out that year. Uh, well, I don't know. Clerks. Yeah. If you're talking about clerks and are you talking about reservoir dogs? If if you're talking about reservoir dogs, no, that was Pulp the same Fiction. year as clerks and uh, slacker. Yeah. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, clerks, slacker. It just changed everything. And Pulp Fiction was something that a film really is already, uh, as it is, hadn't done in a long time, and that was Appeal to the Masses. And with that, Nate's dropped out. I mean, thank you, Nate's computer, for actually letting him making it to the end of the show. And other stuff that's coming up is, yes, we're going to be doing an anniversary retrospective of Pulp Fiction. And then me and Fred are going to be doing Demons 2. That's coming up. And, of course, the Drive-In Monsterama show will be next month. And who knows what else? Just remember, wear your mask. Stay healthy. We want you back next week. And with that... Good night, everybody, and thank you for listening. Good night, sweetheart, well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart, well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go home.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.